What is up? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. Excited for this conversation. Got a new voice on the pod, Chris Fenoy, product and engineering leader at The Juice. Wanted to bring him on. He is about a quarter into his work here and he has been doing some amazing stuff. He's got a background in MarTech, has worked on some pretty cool product. Wanted to bring him on to share his perspective on the build, aligning with marketing. A lot that he says here that I think was interesting to me and I think will be interesting to you. We are hosting the first ever Product Roadmap Live. Chris is going to be the guy in front of the camera sharing some stories. Ali Schwanky, Simple Strat is going to be the customer voice. Put the link in the show notes. Sign up if you're interested in learning more about what we're building over here. But in the meantime, Chris has got a lot to say. Let's kick it to the conversation. What's up? Excited for this one. Um, We were chatting, um, I think, when our guest started. And part of the tradition we've had is always bringing on um, our new people. Chris, I'll say that I won't consider you a new person anymore. I know we all kind of said use that card when we started, but I feel like you've been very ingrained and have already changed a lot of the way we think and what we do from a product perspective. And I think we're grateful for that. And I I think our customers are too, but I want to introduce you right out of the gates, um, Chris Vinoy, who is our VP of product and engineering. We are going to just talk about his background, uh, give you all some exposure on who's helping build the juice and share a little bit about uh, the event that we're going to be hosting here on the other side of this. But Chris, I just rambled and said a lot. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Thanks. That was an awful nice introduction. I still feel like the new guy, even though I've been here a quarter and like it feels like I've been here a lot longer than that, but it's still uh, still learning the ropes and kind of figuring out what uh, all the parts of the juice are and how uh, how we can squeeze in different areas to get a little bit more out. So excited to be here. Yeah. So maybe I think to set the stage, I think it'd be good just uh, to get a little bit about, about your background in MarTech specifically, I think um, it's always what I found interesting and fun about the juice is that there's a lot of different backgrounds in MarTech who've done different things. And I think we're all kind of coming together and sharing our experiences and it's helping us bring to market kind of what everyone who's listening or people who are using the product are seeing every day. So maybe share a little bit of perspective there to set the stage. Sure. Uh, I've been working like specifically in MarTech for about the last five years. I was at a startup called Sigster, which did uh, email signature marketing here in Indianapolis, which is a, a better idea than it sounds when I put it that way. Uh, the the sort of data we could help marketers with in that particular business as far as like who's engaging with emails and that sort of thing, especially at sort of the intersection of sales and marketing. Um, which ties into the next job. Uh, that company got acquired by a company called Terminus. It's based out of Atlanta and here in Indy, um, which that was all account-based marketing. And there's where I switched from engineering over to product and led a lot of our efforts there around R. See, I haven't been here that long. I still say R. Um, led a lot of their efforts around advertising targeting and anonymous visitor identification. I used to joke that I had all the creepy stuff. Um, <laughs> and so... That's one of the things I like about the juice is that we have this sort of member brand, not sort of, we have this brand promise to our members of like, we're not going to do the creepy stuff, right? Which is refreshing. The other part that's interesting about my background when it comes to the juice 
is like when I first started my career and I'm an oldster at this point. So this is like early two thousands. I started off in, uh, I actually covered like sports, college football and college basketball um, for small newspapers in West Virginia and was working in internet in old tree, dead tree media, right when the internet started to become a thing and started eating away at their business. And so a lot of the juice is a nice sort of intersection of my career as has gotten to this point, right? Like a, on one end, we're kind of a media company when it comes to the media, to the member side of the house. Like how do we provide members with the information and data they need to go and like further their career and everything else. And it feels very much like those old media sites. And on the other side, the brand side, like it's how do we help marketers prove their worth and get more for less and like be able to really drive efficiencies, and especially in this sort of market. And that sort of interesting combination, like I told CEO Jonathan, who you had on the show multiple times, like when we first started talking, it's like, this feels weirdly like it was meant kind of for where I've been in my career, because it's just a nice intersection. So I, I hear you talk a lot with the team. And when you're thinking and talking through things, there are oftentimes where you'll like bring a previous experience, like maybe like when you're communicating, it's like, I, I don't need to know all the nitty and gritty details, but you'll map like what you're thinking of building or planning a building with something else from a previous life. And like, I just noticed an association there. It, how often are you thinking about like the Sigster, the Terminus experience it, when you're thinking about where we're going with the juice from a product perspective? Quite a bit. Like a lot of the the lessons, especially at Sigster, I learned because uh, what we learned over time there was that the more we could align our product with what our customers were getting measured by, the better chance we had of getting renewals and new sales. Like, And it seems fairly basic Like when you step back and think about it, right? Um, the phrase I used to use a lot back in those days is like, the closer we can align the scoreboard, to use more sports analogies, um, <laughs> the better off we'd be, right? And so at Sigster, that was doing things like being able to map. Like I said, we were doing email signature marketing. So we nobody can see my hands. It's a podcast. But we used to put uh, <laughs> uh, essentially advertising banners at the bottom of email signatures, right? And what we unlocked over time was being able to say, like, you have these Salesforce opportunities that viewed this banner, right? Or folks clicked on this before that opportunity was created. And being able to, especially for those marketers that are measured on revenue or pipeline generation, that sort of thing, being able to map what activity that we were driving through Sigster to outcomes, right? That ultimately our customers were being measured on helped a lot, um, especially around like churn and sales and like all that sort of stuff. It made the business much more stable once we started doing that. And again, I think that's for almost any product. Like it's not so much features, like what the thing does, right? Like it, it's ultimately about what we do for our customers, right? Mm -hmm. For the people who buy our product, how do we make them superheroes, right? <laughs> how do we make them go back to work and like they're awesome and we help them be awesome in some way or another and figuring out, especially at a startup at this stage, like you have to sit down and think through how do we do that? <laughs> like, and oftentimes that involves, this is again, all like stuff I learned the hard way in previous jobs. Oftentimes, like I can have guesses, I can have theories about what that is, but ultimately, like talking to our customer and potential customers and figure out, like, you know, what what are your struggles? Like, what do you what do you need to be able to be a superhero at your job? Is ultimately what we're trying to build here. And I, like I said, I had to learn that the hard way <laughs> at a lot of previous stops. 
you you and I both, and I think we're going to touch on that, just like how do we communicate that value a little bit later. But I, I want to yeah. maybe learn and have everyone else understand like why you chose the juice. I think we all have our stories about Jonathan putting on his rec- uh, recruiting hat and having a conversation with us about what he's thinking and building and then staying on us. And then all of a sudden, next thing we know it, we're, we're working on this thing with a small team and working really hard and also getting very rewarded, or at least that's how I felt so far from two years in my experience, but maybe like share some perspective on going from like six to determinist, like why the juice for you, like what made sense about the opportunity? Yeah. Uh, on one end, the companies I've worked worked for have gotten progressively smaller <laughs> over time. Um, <laughs> so that the, the juice fits that pattern. Like we're small, but mighty, um, which is great. And also just from the first time I talked to Jonathan, like I felt like kind of like I mentioned earlier, this mix of like where my career has taken me to now and then looking at the juice and like the opportunity that's there. It was just like, if you were going to pick anybody at least in Indiana, probably not the world, um, that had the right mix of like, I understand this business in my bones. <laughs> like, I, I know what this thing is. Um, <laughs> and being able to look at it and realize, like the phrase I used when I talked to Jonathan was it felt like the juice was at an inflection point, right? We were building up enough members and enough audience that suddenly that becomes a valuable thing that we can help provide to brand customers, right? Even if Even if nothing else, like if we could do nothing else, but like, full on like media company, this thing, right? We were getting to a size of audience that it made sense to like, if we wanted to, we're not going to go down this path, but if we wanted to go down the, like, we're just an advertising media company, we were building up an audience where like, you could squint and like, maybe make that work. Right. Um, I think we have a bigger opportunity than just that, but that was what it felt like is like, like people talk about rocket ships sometimes. The way I've always put it is more planes, like um, seeing a plane that's getting ready to take off, right? You're getting to the end of the runway and the wheels are just starting to get up off the runway a little bit. And it's like, I want to hop on before it takes off, right? Mm. <laughs> um, and hopefully I can help make it take off. Um, so that's a lot of the opportunity I saw talking to Jonathan and kind of looking at the juice and what it was and what it is still like, we're still working on it. Like the plane's barely above the ground, but it's starting to go. Um, (laughs) And so that's the part of the ride I wanted to be part of. Yeah. I love it. So I think one of the things that I've appreciated working around you and I've commented this to you is just like product communication. Like I feel very in the know of what's currently happening, what's going to be happening. So as a marketer, I feel like I can start plugging and planning into those um, release cycles. And that's not only, that's good for our company. That's good for the people that we're trying to communicate with. I think so often, like, you know, the misconception with all product teams are there, like they sit in this little isolated bubble and they build these features and then they release them when they want and no one knows what the hell is happening. And so then all of a sudden everyone's scrambling and opportunity to launch is missed, opportunity to communicate appropriately with customers is missed. So I'd love for you to maybe share some perspective on just like the importance or how much you value communication, both to like your internal stakeholders, which would be the juice team. And then also like external stakeholders, which would be our customers and our future customers. 
Yeah. Uh, first off, what you just described is awful. <laughs> like you were working with a product team that you don't know what's coming. Like if you've worked with that before, that is an awful experience, especially for a product marketer. Like, whoo, man. Um, so I hope I don't do that. Um, and really like product internal communication is really like it's secretly marketing. Like we, mm -hmm. we have very similar jobs, really, um, at least when it comes to internal marketing or internal like product discussion sort of stuff. Um, this also comes down to sort of a philosophy I've had because I've been an engineering manager a lot in the past as well. And a thing I realized in that sort of role was like most problems are people problems. And, you know, just like people, we're all people, we're all working together, people have problems. And almost all people problems are communication problems, right? It's like you didn't communicate well enough or often enough along the way to iron that sort of stuff out and provide enough context for people to make proper decisions. And so... I've seen that fail kind of like you described of like, you end up with this hamster wheel of product stuff and like nothing gets communicated and like nothing gets, you know, it ends up being a black hole. And I've seen product leaders get fired for that, right? <laughs> um, like if the business doesn't know what product's working on, that's a good way to get yourself canned. Um, <laughs> so having seen that happen firsthand more than once in my career, and that sort of general philosophy of like, if I'm going to communicate, I'm going to over communicate really helped make it so that here at the juice, like we, we do a product weekly meeting. In fact, we got one right after this every week where we go through the roadmap and like talk about all the stuff there. I get input from you about what we're going to market in the future. I get input from Kat, who's awesome and is in customer success about what our customers are saying. We get input from Kate, who's also awesome. I could just say this, but like everybody here is awesome about what she's hearing from prospects. We hear from Elena about what she hears out of growth and make sure that what we're working on is the right thing that we think right now. And this is, you know, what we're working on right now, what we're concentrating on. This is what we're going to work on in the future and make sure everybody's aligned. And it get, you know, the other benefit is it gives you in marketing <laughs> a head start of how to think about once this is live and you don't have to market at the same time the thing goes live. How do we want to launch this to market, right? How do we want to actually talk about this to prospects and customers? And it gives you time to think about it and like do screenshots and all that fun stuff. So. I want to hit that part that you just uh, ended with on it doesn't need to be live for me to market it. And I think ever since, so joining the Juice pre-product, working with Jonathan, I think it's been a philosophy that we've all, all had is like start telling the story while product is working on it, which I think is, is it's, a, it's a good spot to be. I think it provides opportunity to, to build momentum. Maybe like, how do you think about like building momentum while you're building product and aligning it with marketing? Like what is, what is your philosophy been? And just like, is that consistent with, or has it changed at all with like you being at the juice and what you've seen so far? I, uh, some of this is the media background I mentioned in the past. I worked at daily newspapers, right? And there was always this sort of like, doesn't matter what you did one day, the paper's got to get out. Paper's got to get out next day, next day, over and over and over and over. And so I do have a momentum sort of motor that runs pretty high. This is more engineering side of the house and product a little bit, but like this philosophy of like deploy early and often, like as soon as anything is better locally than what we have in production, that should be in production. Like let's, let's get the thing live. Let's break things down into little teeny tiny pieces that can deliver customer value. And especially it's something, the juice size, right? This is one of the, like you mentioned specifically how it's changed at the juice. Having that philosophy in a much larger, more lumbering sort of software can get a little frustrating 
here at the Jews, one of the other opportunities is like, we are still nimble enough and we have lots of room for improvement in lots of places. Right. And so we can identify those, like for instance, in this meeting, we're going to have right after this cat can bring up something that a customer has noticed and would like, and we could turn around and get that thing cranked out and live like by the end of the week, probably. And it's Thursday. Some of that is we have a fantastic engineer or two as well that can work that quickly. Um, and some of it's also just like, we're small, we're nimble. We're not baked down into some like six month long project or something like that. Like if we wait six months to ship something, we're dead. <laughs> um, like we need to work in a much faster motor than that which is also difficult from a marketer perspective because we're going to move faster than you can communicate externally probably, which is the other end of that. Not only can you talk about stuff while we're still working on it, we're going to have stuff deployed that you may not talk about for another couple of months or weeks as stuff sort of bundles up and builds up over time. I love that. Yeah. Shout out uh, Tony, by the way, I feel like uh, yeah. Tony does a lot for us. <laughs> I know he doesn't listen to the show, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll give Tony his flowers when he can, yeah. uh, our, our senior yeah. engineer. I want to end maybe with uh, what we got going on on Thursday. And uh, I, we, I have, we have not intentionally promoted this. I think I've made mention on this show. If you're subscribed to the newsletter, you definitely know about it, but um, one of your ideas, one of the things that you kind of brought in is just this idea of showcasing product roadmap, what you're working on, also bringing in customers to share stories about what they're using what on the platform, what they're currently excited for. And I've heard I heard you talk about this. I'm like, this is such a great like idea and duh, we should be doing this because not only does it allow us to keep our customers connected to the latest and greatest of what's happening at the Jews, but it also provides us the opportunity to bring people who have been curious on what the juice actually can do into that event to learn a little bit more without us trying to push a bunch of things in their in front of their face. So we're doing the product roadmap live. It'll be uh, Thursday, the 16th. We'll have a link in the uh, show notes for this. So if you're interested in learning more about the juice and listening to Chris and what he's working on, and also, we've got Allie Schwanke from Simple Strat, who's amazing. We were on a call with her yesterday. She's going to be talking about uh, some stuff she's looking forward to. But like, talk a little bit about like that philosophy mentality and that like it is it's a marketing offer in a way. Um, mm -hmm. But like, why why are you why did you think that this was something that we needed to do? And kind of just talk a little bit about it. Sure. There is mar obvious, fairly obvious marketing value in this sort of thing, right? We're going to at a startup this size, like people are at least partially buying on potential, right? Like they may not even be buying what we have today. And you being pre-product know this all too well. <laughs> like oftentimes people will buy on hope and on promise and like what's coming up. And so part of what we can do is like show people like, hey, hook on now and like three months from now, you're going to have this, that, and the other, and like everything's going to be great. So there is obvious marketing value for it. There's also product value for it. A lot of my product philosophy is like, I have lots of ideas. I have lots of theories. I have lots of things that could work, right? And I've learned over the course of my career that like most of my theories are wrong, right? <laughs> and so some of this is like, what is the smallest, least expensive thing we can do to get some feedback on these ideas, to get see what things people get excited about, what things people yawn at, what things feel valuable to them, right? And like we mentioned Tony earlier, like I can go have Tony go write something and get it cranked out pretty quick, but like I could also have him do 
6,000 other things, right? And so a lot of the product responsibilities at a company this size is picking through um, the whole menu of stuff we have that could work, right? And figure out what is the thing that works the best, right? What does it make our customers or our members the happiest today that I can go build? And I can either do that in product, which is expensive in both time and resources and everything else, or like I can put it on a slide and we can talk about it. <laughs> right. Um, so that's a secondary value. The primary value is sort of just like make sure, like you mentioned, like customers feel connected, prospects have an idea of what we're working on, what we're concentrating on. A company this size, like I mentioned, the nimbleness earlier, like we change stuff pretty quick. Even when you look back at what all we shipped this quarter. Like we've done some really big things that like, I don't know that customers have noticed, like being able to filter um, some of our statistics a little bit better. We're doing a better job of pushing out which brands are engaging with your content, which like we talk about every week and we're starting to use in our sales motion and like lots of other stuff. Like it's uh, it's exciting stuff and uh, we're excited about it and we think other people should be excited about it too. Excited. Definitely go check out that event if you are uh, free. And even if you're not free, we'll send you the recording. Chris, you're the most professional sounding debut guest we've ever had on the show. So I appreciate that. It won't be won't be the last time you come on here because I know no. we're pushing for a product launch and I want to get into some specifics on what you're building, why you're building it. But this was an awesome conversation, man. I appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate it too. Like I bought all this fancy podcasting equipment in the middle of the pandemic and it's nice to finally get to use it. So thanks. <laughs> all right. We'll take care and we'll talk to you soon. All right. See ya. Hopefully you enjoyed that episode, getting to know Chris, getting to know the brains behind the operation, if you will. Excited for him to be on board. Make sure you sign up for the Product Roadmap Live that is happening this Thursday, February 16th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until then, take care of yourself, take care of others around you, and we'll be back soon.